Hello, my Rebels. Today, I have a special message. I've released this in a number of platforms, so I think uh, the podcast is also a good place to do it. As you may know, we have been suspended from YouTube for a week, so we're back on there. And uh, I'm not so thirsty that I'm rushing in and, oh, thank you, thank you, YouTube. In fact, I sort of have a stern welcome back message that I deliver on YouTube, and I want to put it in my podcast today, so give a listen to that. By the way, it's a good way to stay in touch with us to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That way, no one can cut you off from us like YouTube is trying to do to come between us and our 1.45 million subscribers. If you go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe, it's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this podcast. And I think it's also important we know who you are. That way, you can't be cut off from us because some Silicon Valley tech giant wants it that way. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, YouTube's suspension of us is over for now. I'll tell you what we're going to do about it. It's April 22nd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government but is because it's my bloody right to do so. YouTube suspended our channel for a week. That week is now over, and I'd like to tell you what happened since YouTube wouldn't let us communicate with you until now. They cut us off from everyone, including our 1.45 million channel subscribers who signed up to hear from us. YouTube didn't just block us from speaking, they blocked our 1.45 million friends from watching. They punished you, not just us. And I think they're going to do it again. So I need your help. If that happens again, I want to be able to send you a text or a quick email to let you know where you can find us. YouTube refuses to give us any contact info for you. But if you go to our website right now, I'll wait. Go to rebelnews.com and just take one second and type in your mobile number or your email. If YouTube bans us again, I'll be able to tell you where we resurface. You can unsubscribe from us anytime. I just don't want YouTube to disconnect us again. Okay, back to what happened. I've learned a lot about YouTube in the past week and none of it is good. They're an unethical company with deceptive business practices. They're owned by Google, whose motto used to be, don't be evil. They officially decided to drop that a few years ago and it shows. The first thing to know is that in the past six years Rebel News has been on YouTube, 15,000 videos we've published on the platform, we've never had a strike. By that, I mean we've never violated their terms of service. We follow the rules every time. But suddenly, last week, with no notice and no appeal, they just suspended us, refused to let us publish any new videos or make a live stream. They claim that an old video that I did more than three months ago suddenly violates their rules. They didn't care about it back then, but let's be honest, they've been combing through our video library going back years to find something, anything to get us. For all I know, they found other videos from the past that they're waiting to use as their next excuse to ban us permanently. They're tricky that way. Don't trust them. They chose this old video called, If Big Tech Can Silence Trump, They Can Silence Anyone. That's a bit ironic, isn't it? It was a video about how biased tech companies have become and how brutally they censor conservatives. That's the video they banned? Hey, YouTube, 
Orwell's 1984 was a warning, not an instruction manual. Don't be evil, okay? In that video, I mentioned how Trump, who was back then still a sitting president, had his official announcements deleted by social media companies, even though foreign dictators like China and Iran and Venezuela are allowed. In my video, I didn't agree or disagree with Trump's messages. I just said they were banned. I was showing how arrogant these censors are, but YouTube claimed that even showing a short clip from a Donald Trump video, not to promote it or support it, but merely to show what was banned, YouTube says that's why we were suspended. But that's a lie. Because CNN showed the same Trump video clip on their YouTube channel, and they're not suspended. ABC showed the same video clip on their YouTube channel, and they're not suspended because they're liberals and we're conservatives. Different rules. You know, I laughed so hard when I saw this YouTube video the other day. Did you see this joke? It's the president of YouTube, Susan Wojcicki, getting a Freedom of Expression Award. I thought it was a joke, and apparently most YouTube viewers did too. I've never seen that kind of ratio before. About 100 people like the video and 26,000 dislike it. Everyone knows it's a lie. YouTube is the world's biggest censor. I'm surprised YouTube didn't reset those likes and dislike counters. Who knows, maybe they did. I mean, really, who would give the world's most prolific censor a free speech award? Well, I researched the group that did. They're called the Freedom Forum Institute. I'd never heard of them before. And uh, if you look through their website, you can see that YouTube is a major corporate donor to them. That's what happened. And you can see, and this is crazy, right on their website, they literally sell free speech awards to people who donate enough. I'm serious. Let me read from their website. Maybe you want to buy one for yourself. We're happy to help corporations explore the ways that they can leverage their resources and create positive buzz around their brand through a relationship with the Freedom Forum. I wonder if they would sell one of those to Hugo Chavez or the Ayatollahs of Iran. Seriously, Susan Wojcicki made a donation to these shills to have them praise her on YouTube. That's like sending yourself flowers on Valentine's Day. It doesn't really count if you have to pay for it. So our channel suspension is over, but I believe we'll be hit again soon. You see, this was actually the second attack on us in recent weeks. Just recently, YouTube suddenly cut off our ability to run any ads at all or use Super Chats, and they gave no reason for that at all. So they're obviously coming to kill us. This suspension was actually their second attack on us. So in the past week, we've been busy. We've spoken with the executives at three rival YouTube platforms, competitors to YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and one other company that's about to launch in the next week or so. And although there's still some catching up to do to have all the bells and whistles that YouTube has, they're great websites. And here's something weird. Whenever we used to do a live stream on YouTube with our 1.45 million subscribers, typically only about 1,500 of them would watch. Now, I never really thought about that much Maybe our viewers just didn't care what we had to say. Maybe they were busy. But that doesn't really make sense that only one in a thousand people who positively subscribe to us would tune in to a Rebel News live stream. That makes sense. I never thought about it too much until we started doing live streams with these other companies in the past week, Rumble and Odyssey. We, we have only a handful of subscribers there. We just signed up with them, right? And yet, in our very first day, we had more viewers on our Rumble live stream than we had on YouTube. We had almost as many on Odyssey. 
you know, I think YouTube has been artificially suppressing our live streams, seriously, maybe by 99%. I really think YouTube are what they promised they'd never be. They are evil, at least towards people they hate. And I don't care how many awards they give themselves. We all know who they really are now, right? So our suspension is over, but I'm sure another one is coming. They'll concoct another excuse. I think one of the reasons YouTube might be in a real hurry to bully us now, after pretty much leaving us alone for six years, is that Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime minister, well, he's got a censorship minister named Stephen Gilbo, and he's been threatening social media companies to crack down on his critics, and he plans to bring in a new censorship law within new weeks. He specifically says he's going to create a government regulator to censor social media platforms that allow anyone to taunt politicians. Here, listen, hear it for yourself. We've seen too many examples of public officials retreating from public service due to the hateful online content targeted towards themselves or even their families. He's creating a new ministry of censorship to regulate YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I, I think we need a, a new regulator. I think this regulator um, needs to be able to um, to have audit powers over, over, over what platforms are doing in terms of content moderation. So he's threatening YouTube with massive fines and even with blocking their servers in Canada. Could we envision having blocking orders? I mean, that's that, it, maybe. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it's a, it, it would be, it would likely be a, a last result, last result, uh, nuclear bomb in, in a, in a toolbox of, uh, of mechanism for, for a regulator. Theoretically, it is, it is a tool that is, that is out there and that could potentially be used, but, but, but really no decisions, uh, have been made on, on, on that. And I would imagine, you know, this is something you would see, uh, as part of the regulation, most likely. Maybe that's why YouTube is coming to kill us after tolerating us for six years. Trudeau is about to call an election in Canada where his chief critic, his censorship minister wants to stop taunts, criticism, you heard him. There's no law that allows him to do that now, so he's gonna make up a law and he's telling YouTube to shut us down. That's one theory, but maybe it's just YouTube acting out against a strong conservative channel. I mean, YouTube is one of the most left-wing companies in America. They probably didn't need any Canadian politician to tell them to censor us. It comes naturally to them. But I'm here to say that Rebel News will survive and thrive. The very fact that these bullies want to shut us up and shut us down proves how important our voice is. We represent Canadians and people around the world who want to hear the other side of the story. We'll keep using our YouTube channel until they ban us. But even when they do, we will live on, on Rumble, on Odyssey, maybe another platform, maybe on our own video platform. You know, we had 19 million visits to our rebelnews.com website last year from nearly 10 million individuals. Those people know how to find us whether or not YouTube tries to cut us off. So we're going to start posting to our YouTube channel again because 1.45 million beautiful people rely on YouTube to connect with us. And just because YouTube is being abusive doesn't mean that we're going to give up on our people who found us through them. 
but every single YouTube video we post in our remaining days or weeks or hours here will have an important message in them. If you don't give us your mobile phone number or your email address by going to rebelnews.com and typing it in, the day will come when we will simply be disappeared by YouTube and you may never be able to find us and we'll certainly never be able to find you. So do me that one quick favor, go to rebelnews.com right now. I'll wait. It, it just takes 30 seconds, I promise. Just go to rebelnews.com. You'll see a little pop-up. It takes 30 seconds. Just type in your email or your mobile phone number. I promise we'll never give that info to anyone else. You can unsubscribe anytime. It's just that when the sensors at YouTube shut us down, we'll be able to tell you where to still find us. By the way, if you're already signed up with us, you won't see that form, so don't worry about it. My friends, our motto is telling the other side of the story. I don't care if that offends Trudeau's political censors or YouTube's corporate censors. We're going to keep speaking truth to power. We'll stay here as long as we can on YouTube, but when we're gone, we're gone. Don't let YouTube separate us. Please go to rebelnews.com now to give us your details. Thanks. And to hell with the censors in Silicon Valley or Ottawa. Long live freedom of speech. I took the liberty of putting today's monologue up on YouTube and our other video platforms. It's important that as many people out there that we don't know how to contact give us their name, email address, mobile number. Obviously, if you're watching our Rebel News Plus, we know how to find you, so thank you. I just want to make sure that we have the biggest number of our viewers possible in our own hands when YouTube finally comes to kill us. Otherwise, how do we find them? The good news is I think we will be able to survive an attack from YouTube. The last week proves it to me. I did an interview with Gordon Chang. As you know, he's one of the most interesting pundits and critics of China. So let me show you that video now. It's on a slightly different subject, but really it's pretty similar because if China can surveil its population and track people and give them a social credit score, well, isn't that sort of what YouTube is trying to do with us? Here's that interview. One of the most terrifying things about modern day China is that it looks so modern, in some ways more modern than our own lives here in North America. Everyone's got a mobile phone. Their apps are even more advanced than ours. TikTok, the leading social media app, it's a Chinese company. And yet that same modernity hides the totalitarian nature underneath it, the surveillance state. Well, the thing is, many people in Canada, including those who immigrated here from China, continue to use apps that are linked back to that same surveillance state, even while they're here in Canada. That's uh, apps, payment apps, social media apps, news apps. But I think things have reached a new level with a popular restaurant chain from China that's opened up in the Vancouver area. The name of the restaurant is Heidi Lau. And in fact, we're sending our Vancouver bureau chief, Drea Humphrey, to that restaurant today to see what she can find. But media reports say that this restaurant may actually be plugged into a larger social credit system, which is the name that China gives its surveillance system attached to your personal conduct. You get points added if you do things the government likes. You get points taken off 
if you do things they don't like, and it can affect your privileges, such as those to travel or even get an apartment. Joining us now via Skype is, I think, North America's leading expert on this issue, our friend Gordon G. Chang. You can follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon, great to see you. We're sending our reporter, Drea Humphrey, to this restaurant, but news reports say that there are 60 cameras or other monitors in this restaurant and that the data apparently is being sent back to China. We've seen reports on this. We want to go see for ourselves. But what do you make of what has been reported so far? This is the extension of China's surveillance state to the rest of the world. And yeah, there's 60 cameras in a restaurant with 30 tables. So really what they're trying to do is to find out everything that's going on. Now, China has this social credit system, which you talked about, which they're putting together. And what it does is it gives every Chinese citizen a score. And that score is adjusted constantly based on observed behaviors. So they've got 626 million surveillance cameras that they claim. Well, information from those cameras are fed into the social credit system. And using artificial intelligence and big data, they are able to assign these scores. Now, this is China. But they're trying to do the same thing in elsewhere. And, and Canada is a perfect place for them because there's so many Chinese citizens and Chinese nationals, and they're trying to spy on everybody. And they, you know, once they start with this restaurant chain, they're going to go elsewhere. So this is going to go until we stop it. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that China is very advanced on, there's certain aspects of artificial intelligence that Western companies still have the lead, but Huawei and other companies in some ways are actually more advanced than their Western counterparts. Facial recognition and gait recognition, G-A-I-T, how people walk even, the little, you know, you, you know how you can sometimes guess who's coming around the corner because you, you can recognize how they walk their footsteps as opposed to someone else. That, I mean, imagine if you visually detect that. So these are some of the uh, technologies in which China is very advanced. Here's my point, Gordon. You might not have anything to do. You might not have your cell phone on. You might not be in any system, but you walk in. If your face is scanned, zoom, you're in the system. They know where you were. They know what you ordered. They know what credit card you used. Maybe they overheard what you were talking about. I, you're all being sucked into the system. I know that sounds like dystopian science fiction, but I really think that's where we are now. That's right. And, and China, by the way, you know, people call it authoritarian. Well, that's really wrong. I think that it's semi-totalitarian now, and it's heading to full totalitarianism, and largely because of this social credit system. You talk about artificial intelligence. You know, people think, well, you know, the West has better AI than China does. But the other thing we've got to remember is that AI runs on data. And in Western societies, there are restrictions on the data that can be fed into these AI systems. Well, there are no such restrictions in China. So China's AI could be better than ours because it has more data. It's got more to chomp on. Right. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think China is more advanced um, in many ways uh, than the Western counterparts. Part of it is just sheer, the sheer amount of research, industrial espionage against Western companies. And like you say, there's just no, no privacy limits on it. Here's a scenario. You tell me if, if this is something that we should wor be worried about. There are many Chinese Canadians or other people in Canada who love being ethnically Chinese, love Chinese food, love Chinese stores, love everything about China except the government. 
They might be democracy activists. They might be from Hong Kong. They might be Falun Gong, whatever. But they can be detected now. They can be tracked now. And that information can be fed to either the Chinese embassies here or their sort of front groups like, uh, you know, the, the Confucius Institutes or whatever that successor or uh, um, I don't know, it's called the United Patriot Front or something. I can't recall. So this information can be fed back. Oh, we've detected Falun Gong is meeting there or, oh, this is a restaurant frequented by Hong Kong democracy activists. I don't know. I'm brainstorming here. We're, we still don't know how this is being used, but that is a potential application. Am I right? Oh, of course. And it's being done right now. And that information is being fed back into China, where it's collated with all sorts of other information. So Beijing wants to know everything that's going on in the world. And with Huawei servers, um, it's going to go there to a certain extent, um, because Huawei um, servers allow Beijing to filch information. We know this because this is not a theoretical concern. We know this because between 2012 and 2017, China was surreptitiously downloading data from the headquarters of the African Union in Addis Ababa because this building was uh, donated by China. It was built by China and they had Huawei servers, which they were using to filch all this data. Hmm. I, I was just reading and I, I'm going to change gears here a bit, but I'm sure you're on top of the story. The Netherlands, there's been a series of stories breaking about just how deeply uh, China was able to grab pretty much every phone call, every message in the whole of the Netherlands, including political calls, including police, including dissidents. Um, I, I wouldn't have, you know, Netherlands isn't the first place that comes to mind when I think of a place to target for China. But really, when you're putting in the backbone, the internet backbone for the 5G system, the whole world is your oyster. You can spy on everyone and everything. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that uh, Dutch telecom company, KPN, I think, um, didn't tell people because it was afraid of what would happen if it disclosed the extent of China's ability to surveil um, the Netherlands. And this included um, the cell phones of uh, the Dutch leaders. Hmm. So um, there really wasn't anything safe here. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I know you have a tremendous breadth to the subjects you follow, but I, I would say that in terms of America-China relations, that, that's something I know you focus on very keenly. Um, Donald Trump really tried to change the China-U.S. relationship, and in many ways he succeeded. I've been worried that Joe Biden might backtrack on a number of things. Can you give us a clear-eyed review of the first few months of Joe Biden's administration is there anything you're glad he has done or anything he's kept from the Trump times that maybe surprised or impressed you? And is there anything he's done towards China that you're really worried about that he's giving things away? Yeah, uh, first of all, he's been relatively good on Taiwan uh, and the Philippines. Um, you know, China has been trying to seize Whitsun Reef from Manila. Um, this is in the South China Sea. And it looks like um, China's presence, and they did this by... Um, assembling about 220 fishing trawlers, their, their marine uh, militia. Um, that the size of the Chinese, Chinese presence has dramatically decreased, and largely because the Biden administration has sent uh, the Theodore Roosevelt, which is a U U.S. carrier, and its strike group, plus some other vessels, 
Um, and so that seems to have at least moved the situation in the right direction. But this is a never ending battle. Right. You know, in terms of trying to go after Huawei and Chinese supercomputer companies, um, Biden's done a good job in, in extending sanctions. There are some things, though, that are really horrible. And the thing we've got to really be concerned about is what's going to occur tomorrow and Friday. And that is the climate summit that President Biden's hosting to coincide with Earth Day. Um, we have this whole uh, notion that we should make concessions to China in order to get their increased pledges on climate. That is really going to, I think, sink Biden-China policy, or at least it has the potential of doing so, because the administration officials have the wrong mindset when it comes to China. And that's, of course, an extended conversation. But we've got to be concerned about what they're going to do um, to give away uh, on national security issues when it comes to climate. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, Gordon, I'd say we always learn so much from you. And uh, I want to once more encourage anyone who's watching this show, if you want to stay up to date with clear-eyed thinking about the relationship between China and the West, please do follow Gordon on Twitter at Gordon G. Cheng. I really, if I had every other China pundit combined, I wouldn't learn as much as I do from Gordon, and, and he shares our love for freedom and our hope that one day China will be free. Gordon, it's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for your time. And, and it's always a pleasure and, and really an honor for me to be on your show. So thank you very much, Ezra. Well, you're very generous, my friend. Thank you. All right, folks, there you have it. Gordon Chang, stay with us. More ahead. Andrea Humphrey was at that restaurant and got a very interesting conversation with the proprietor there. They told her to call their head office in Asia. We're still following up, so we'll give you the facts as they come in. I want to show you one more video in closing. It's from one of our newer talents, young Lincoln Jay. I don't know if you saw that video of uh, an Ontario provincial police officer shoving down a 12-year-old kid who wouldn't give him ID for being in a park. I don't think 12-year-old kids need ID to be in a park. We're not in China or Iran. Um, so Lincoln went back up there. I think he's a snow uh, surfboarder himself. And he talked to the kids. And uh, let me show you this video. It was well-received. Take a look. We have implemented the strictest measures in all of North America. We have made the deliberate decision to temporarily enhance police officers' authority for the duration of the stay-at-home order. Moving forward, police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home and provide their home address. Cops came, told us to put our mask up. We did that. A few people didn't because they didn't have a mask. They didn't have a mask. Cops started like pushing up on him, asking for ID. He's a 12-year-old kid, you know. He doesn't. He wouldn't have ID. No, there's no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. No. I, I, I think the officer should be fired from the force and, and, and removed immediately. 
Lincoln J for Rebel News here in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Now the background behind me may look a little familiar to some of you. There's a viral video going around right now of a OPP officer here in Gravenhurst shoving a 12-year-old kid to the ground. Check it out. So it seems that what escalated this altercation was the fact that the kid in the video did not give his ID to the officer. He's 12 years old. So yes, a 12-year-old boy does not give his identification to a police officer, so the police officer responds by shoving the kid to the ground. When I was 12 years old doing the exact same thing that this kid was doing behind me, I did not have ID. I did not have a phone. The only thing I had was a couple of dollars from my parents to get a Gatorade and a bag of chips. This is just flat out bullying. We're gonna try and talk to some people who may have witnessed the altercation and get some general opinions on the matter. In your own words, what happened? Okay, so the first, the cops came, the officer put her mask up. We did that. A few people didn't because they didn't have a mask. And then the second time they drove past, they pulled up here. And like, so I went to the back because, yeah. And then, and then so was like, was saying like, we have the right to breathe and everything. And then they were asking for his ID. And he's saying, I don't have an ID because, you know, he's 12. And then they go down there and then they start asking for his parents' number, and then they grab a skewer and like shove him really, like really aggressively. It was like he was just coming around. They didn't have a mask. Cops started like pushing up on him, asking for ID. He's a 12-year-old kid, you know. He doesn't. He wouldn't have ID. Right over, right there, as he's trying to leave, as he's trying to leave because he knows that he can't be there without a mask, stuff like that. As he's leaving, the cop grabs a scooter, pulls it, and then pushes him, falls back, hits his head. You've all seen the video, like, pretty pretty brutal stuff. Definitely an excessive amount of force. Yeah. So did they end up taking him away in the in the cruiser, or did he, he stayed on the property? They didn't. So he, he came back there, called his mom, his house, and so his mom came, and then he pretty much headed home. To the OPP, to the police force around here, do they give you guys a tough time with social distancing, with mask wearing, or is this kind of a one-time incident? Honestly, I don't really think I've heard of it, like them enforcing it too much before. It seems it seems like something, like once in a blue moon sort of thing. This is a one-time incident with the bad cop. The skate park behind us, it's something for you guys to do. It's something to get you guys outside, you know, not in front of the Xbox, computer, whatever. So how does it make you guys feel that places like this are, are shut down right now? It's not great because our parents do want us getting outside, you know, getting outside, getting exercise. It's a tough time. We got to be exercising a lot, keep morale up. And it's, it's tough with this closed because, yeah, you're right, a lot of people come around here to, like try to get out, stuff like that. And with it closed, it's it's definitely not the greatest. So we we have our like bikes and scooters and we and we learn new tricks to come here. Like 
and we come with our buddies and stuff, like distance pretty much, because we're riding in the park. Yeah. So you guys, when you guys are at the skate park, everyone's kind of doing their own thing, right? For the most yeah. part, you guys are able to social distance. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're outside in fresh air, so it doesn't make sense that they would shut the, shut something down like this, especially uh, when it's one of the few outlets you guys have to, to do. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing to do really in Greenridge except for go to the skate park and the trails and stuff. Somebody attacked a kid for being in a playground? I No, I, I feel very bad. I feel very, very bad. I, um... I sh probably shouldn't say what I'm feeling. It it doesn't matter if the kid refused to identify himself, if he was swearing at the police, whatever the case may be, is there any excuse for that kind of enforcement on a, on a basically a child? No, no, there's no excuse, no excuse whatsoever, no. I, I, I think the officer should be fired from the force and, and, and removed immediately. There's no, no, no. Absolutely no! I can't. I can't stress enough. The the officer had no right to do any of that at any time. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So on Friday we saw new measures come into effect regarding the enforcement of COVID-19 that provides police officers with enhanced authority to enforce Ontario's stay-at-home order. So this includes police officers having the ability to require any person to provide their home address and purpose for not being at their residence. Do you think that this altercation is a result of these new measures or is it just the case of a bad cop? At, at least a dozen police forces refuse to follow that order because it's unconstitutional. So the, if there's something wrong with the police force or if there's just something wrong with that police officer, I don't know. From what I saw, there's something wrong with that police officer. Maybe I, sh I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 don't, I feel like I'm in Minneapolis right now. I feel like, I feel like I'm in Man Minneapolis. And, and it's a child. It's a child. And it's a playground. It's, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Sorry. It's just... No, the, the, the police forces themselves said it was wrong. And, and Doug Ford, or whatever his name is, rescinded it. No. I can't, how many times do I have to say no? It was wrong. Police officers should be removed from the force immediately. Not with pay, not put on desk duty. Just, you don't throw a kid on the ground for that. Sorry. Not the Ontario Provincial Police have stated that they are investigating the video. An official statement from the OPP reads, Officers stopped to speak to a group of young people none of whom were wearing masks or social distancing. Officers attempted to interact with the youths, which led to a physical confrontation between one officer and one young person. I reached out to two lawyers from the Department of Justice that represents the Ontario Provincial Police with a couple of questions. What happened before the video started that caused the officer's reaction? What was the child's alleged infraction? Was the child issued any tickets or summons? What is the officer's name that is involved in the incident? Has he been the subject of disciplinary action before? I've yet to receive a response for that email. This is an ongoing investigation and we'll keep you guys updated as it continues. For Rebel News, I'm Lincoln J. If you or anyone you know has been hit with one of these bogus COVID-19 fines, reach out to us at fightthefines.com. We'll get you a lawyer and we'll fight that ticket for you. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.